I told all my friends that I'm having a graduation party. I told them the date. And a couple of weeks before the party date, I just let my mother know. And she said, you know, we, we can't have a party. We don't have any money. I said, yeah, I know. I saved $200. Well, that night, my father came into my room and he said, you know what? I hate to do this to you, but we need the money. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. If you feel a big knot in your stomach from that clip you just heard from our guest today, I'm right there with you. This was a tough one, but it's also an important story, so I hope you stick with us. Welcome, everyone. As our regular listeners know, while we try to keep the mood light, we also get real here on the Financial Grown-Up Podcast, and we listen and we learn from others' experiences. So my guests are brave, and they reveal very personal financial stories sometimes in hopes that it will make your lives better, our lives better. Tom Corley is the author of a number of best-selling books, including Rich Habits, and it was inspired by his devastating childhood experiences, but also how you can change your habits and have financial freedom. This really goes to the heart of what we try to do here. Here is Tom Corley. Hey, Tom Corley, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And I'm so excited to have you because you are the author of Rich Habits, and we all need to develop rich habits for sure. Yeah, I spent uh, you know five years doing research on the daily habits of rich people and poor people, gathered 340-something data points, and uh, decided to incorporate some of them, the most important keystone habits, into my book, Rich Habits, which uh, has become very popular around the world. Well, you're being very modest. It's been a huge bestseller, and you've been on everything from Dave Ramsey to the CBS Evening News. Literally, you've been all over the place, and I know that the book has helped so many people. So thank you for that. And also, I'm going to thank you in advance for sharing what's a very sensitive money story having to do with your upbringing and the poor habits that you learned from your father. Tell us more. Yeah, so I actually have two stories that I'll try and be as concise as possible. So, the, you know, we were rich and then we were poor. My father's business went went under when I was age nine. It's a complicated story, but it was really random bad luck. Anyway, from the age of nine until I guess I left the house, we were poor. And you had a big household, by the way. We had 11 in our family. So, you know, we were constantly worried. Our home was in foreclosure, at least as far as I can remember, four times. So we're worried about being homeless. I remember I used to shovel snow and mow lawns, and I spent the whole year doing that, saved money, saved uh, $200, because in the eighth grade, I wanted to have a graduation party. And I told all my friends that I want, who I wanted to come that I'm having a graduation party. I told them the date. And a couple of weeks before the party date, I just let my mother know just to make sure it was okay. And she said, you know, we, we can't have a party. We don't have any money. I said, yeah, I know that I saved $200. Well, that night, my father came into my room and he said, you know what, we, I hate to do this to you, but we need the money because I have bills that I have to pay or they'll shut off our electricity or our phones or whatever. So I handed him the money. The second story was when I was 23 and I had just been working for about a year. I was still living at home. 
but I was trying to get ready to leave home. So I saved about $5,000. I wanted to buy a car and, and use whatever was left to put down on a, a rental, an apartment somewhere. Somebody in my family found out about it. And my father approached me a couple of days later and said, you know, we need that, that $5,000 to pay our real estate taxes. They're in the process of foreclosing on a house again. So I had to give up that $5,000. So, the, you know, what I learned from those two experiences, which were very emotional experiences to me, was don't save. If you save, somebody will take it. And I was young when I learned those lessons. So they stayed with me in my adult life. And it wasn't until really I, I did my rich habits research that I uh, realized I had this horrific, poor habit of not saving, you know, and it was mo emotion based, which most habits are. Well, what even started the idea of doing rich habits research? When I took over my CPA firm here from my predecessor, I had a small business client in the auto body business. He had inherited the business from his father. And over the course of 20 years, he found himself with cash flow issues. And he asked me, what are your successful clients doing that I'm not doing? And then he started crying because he couldn't make payroll that week. And basically he was going out of business. So I started doing research. I couldn't find anything other than the millionaire next door. That didn't help me really. It wasn't specific enough. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to do my own research. And I interviewed 361 rich people and poor people to find out what the rich do and what the poor do. And I didn't know I was doing a habit study. I just was trying to find, uncover the truth. Why are some people rich and why are some people poor? What I wanted to do, Bobby, was find out what they did from the minute that they put their feet on the floor in the morning to the minute they put their head on the pillow at night. Uh, so that's kind of what, what started me on that research. Did you talk to your dad about this at all? No, my dad passed away in 2013, and he was always one of my biggest cheerleaders, but we never really saw eye to eye on a lot of things. Uh, I did everything a good son is supposed to do to help my father, and he loved me. You know, we just didn't have that kind of relationship. You never talked to him about your feelings when the money was taken from you after saving no. it? No, I couldn't do that to him. I know he's, you know, was older. Uh, why burden him with that? I just felt... This is something that I don't ever want him to know about. For our listeners, what is the takeaway from your story? Well, the takeaway is this. I was able to turn things around thanks to my rich habits research. I started saving, started putting money into my 401k and other things. Whether you are aware of it or not, you have certain good habits and bad habits. I call them rich habits and poor habits that are the result of your upbringing. And they primarily are from your parents. And so if you are, like I was, not saving any money and maybe have debt, credit card debt, there's a very good likelihood of that that has something to do with your upbringing and some habits that, that you forged in your childhood that stayed with you in your adult life. And, and the good news is that I'm evidence. You can change your habits. And not only am I evidence, I have 177 self-made millionaires that are proof that once you change your habits, you change your life. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel here for anyone. It doesn't matter if you're, you're poor or stuck in the middle class. You can change your habits, and it only takes two or three habits to change your life. So give us some habits. So many people struggle with savings, right? If you really peel that onion, what's the reason why they just can't save? And in many cases, especially in America, it's the keeping up with the Joneses mindset. It's my friend bought a BMW or leased a BMW. My, my other friend or someone I know or colleague uh, just got a br really nice house. 
Uh, and so you ups, you supersize your life. I call it want spending. What drives want spending is envy. Envy is a negative emotion. And what shuts down the want spending is turning the fuel off for your want spending, which is turning off your envy. How do you do that? You shift your mindset from negative to positive by instead of being envious, be grateful for what you have. What I do every day, every morning on my commute to work, is I sit in my car as I'm driving and I say, what are three things that went right yesterday with my life that I'm grateful for? And I spend about 10 minutes you know, thinking about it and going over it. And it's an amazing thing, Bobby, but it completely makes you positive. Uh, gratitude is the gateway to positivity. It's a domino effect. So it's, it's not just, oh, all of a sudden I have this gratitude, positive mental outlook. You have a completely changed mental outlook. Everything. You start seeing the glass half full. You, you start seeing the good in life, the good in people. And it's amazing when you start treating people as valuable instead of you know finding the flaws and the faults in them. Uh, they respond. And next thing you know, you've got these powerful relationships with people that that you didn't have before all because of a shift in your mindset and tom for your everyday money tip i think you're going to win the most original and should i just wish you a happy birthday even though i don't even know when your birthday is but i just want to say happy birthday <laughs> well thank you bobby i appreciate that and I'll, it wasn't long ago june 12 so the happy birthday call was one of the things that i uncovered that the self-made millionaires did, all you do is just call people. You don't tweet them. You don't Facebook them. No social media interaction here. You're calling them on the phone just to wish them a happy birthday. And the amazing thing is when you call somebody on their birthday, guess what? You're going to probably be one of three or four phone calls that they receive. And here's the really cool thing, Bobby. I found, because I've been tracking this since I uncovered it in 2007, 25% of the people that you call on their birthday will reciprocate. So it's called the reciprocal happy birthday call. That really takes your relationship off life support, takes it to another level. And especially you mentioned not social media and that kind of thing. Taking it in a different medium really differentiates you. Yeah, look, you want to stand out. And uh, if you're going to just be saying happy birthday on Facebook, you don't stand out because the herd is doing that. You want to step outside the herd. What do people outside the herd do? They make happy birthday calls. It's going to emotionalize your relationship. And why is that important to making money? Because the people that really help you open doors, they might be on board of directors with you on nonprofits. They might be other successful people. Well, these are the people you want to be making the happy birthday calls to. They're going to remember you. It's going to improve your relationship, strengthen it. And uh, now you, you know, you're going to start to develop friendships with these people. Love it. Tell us more about what you're up to this summer and into fall and where people can learn more about you, Tom. Sure. So I've got a a book, Rich Neighbor, Poor Neighbor, that I'm just about wrapping up. I'm going to be traveling to Vietnam for a couple of speaking engagements. I'm also going to start work on a book called The Other Side of Cancer. So, uh, you know, I've got a few things in the pipeline uh, this summer. What prompted that, Tom? I'm the president of the, the Ashley Lauren Foundation. We help families who are struggling with pediatric cancer. So if you found out, you know, your child had cancer, we step in to help you financially, emotionally, all different sorts of things. We've bailed people out 
where they were almost homeless because cancer costs money to fight that fight. We've kept people in their homes just uh, by paying their mortgage and paying their rent. So, you know, growing up poor, that means a lot to me because we didn't really have anybody to help us. So I'm going to write a book and proceeds are going to go to the Ashley Lauren Foundation. And it's going to be an upbeat book about uh, how some of the kids who survived cancer went on to become doctors, lawyers, and, and other things. All right. Well, keep us posted on that. And I'll make sure to have you send me some links that we can put in the show notes and people can learn more about it. Thank you so much, Tom. Oh, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. So can't thank Tom enough for sharing such a candid and raw story. I truly hope none of you have had to go through that kind of not just financial devastation, but the toll that it takes on the relationship with your parents and how you view them and how you relate to them. Financial grown-up tip number one. As much as our parents set the foundation for our financial perspectives, if you get a bad deal, like Tom, you can move past it. In addition to Tom's books, there are other resources to check out. As our regulars know, I'm a big fan, for example, of Tony Robbins, who was kind enough to support my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, by contributing the forward. Tony is a big believer in owning your own situation. Whatever happened in the past with your parents, in your childhood, whatever, look forward. You're an adult be a financial grown-up, and move past anything your parents may have done that you feel hurt you financially. Almost all parents are well-intentioned and really do try their best and maybe try to teach them what you learn places like here and from Tom Corley or from Tony Robbins. Financial grown-up tip number two. Let's talk about those birthday wishes. I recently met Ramit Sethi at a dinner party that he co-hosted with my friend David Bach. Episode one, by the way, guys, if you want to go back. You guys may know Ramit as the author of the book, I Can Teach You To Be Rich. So I follow him now on social media. And it was recently Ramit's birthday. And he said that when his friends have birthdays, he reaches out and he asks them to share birthday wisdom with him. So maybe that's something that we can all do when we reach out and call them as Tom suggested. Thanks to all of you for joining us. This was an emotional one, but that's okay. It was also honest. If you have not, please hit that subscribe button and follow us on social media, on Twitter at Bobby Rebel and on Instagram at Bobby Rebel one And thanks to Tom Corley for helping us all get one step closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.